You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 224th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Matt in a spooky graveyard in Minneapolis. Uh... This this is Spencer, not in a spooky graveyard. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, but it is, it is, I am thoroughly spooked. Spooky city on the hill. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. I, you spooked? I'm a little spooked. I gotta say, if, I, if I'm stumbling over my words, it's because of the spooky uh, that I have just experienced. Mm. That I don't know how to process. Pretty scary. It's a lot of scary. It's 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 not any scarier than rolling up to the start line of a cross race and maybe like looking over and seeing Vanderpool. That might be yeah. maybe a little scarier. But pretty, uh, oh yeah, pretty scary. It's pretty scary. So who are you? You're Spencer. Where's Tim? Oh, Tim. We are gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to be okay with the ghost of Tim's past. Um, for this episode, uh, you're just going to have to hearken back uh, to any of the 223 previous episodes to get your fill of Tim uh, this week. Unfortunately, he uh, be had some uh, next week some outside uh, responsibilities that uh, could not be pushed aside. I'm assuming it's doing something spooky. It's probably putting little Heimar in um, a little Radio Shack kit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably that the the one like the year that Lance came back. That kit's pretty spooky, pretty crappy kit, and pushing him around the yard. Yeah, forcing him to do intervals. red and gray. Not a good look. Um, no, I mean I assume that yeah he is taking extra time to really research his uh, Halloween cycle cross race costume because he's always very big on um, what what costume is the best but also functional on a bicycle um he's into that do you think i haven't talked to him about this so he hasn't been racing any cross this year now that he's just focusing on getting little Heimar uh ready for the world tour i but he's tim's been going on a lot of group rides on the Mm -hmm. weekends do you think he's gonna show up on a road group ride on his fancy moots tie bike but with with like a horse's head <laughs> strapped to the top of him. Because uh, the the cross, the, the the outfits that work for spooky cross racing, you know, half work and, and you're still kind of competitive. Uh, the advantage of cross for the spooky season, obviously, is that, um, you, you know, usually you're a lot of corners yeah. and you're not, you're not out in the wind for 900 miles in the middle of flat yeah. Florida. No, but it, it can be done. Like we have seen some elaborate, uh, cyclocross costumes happen. Uh, I know, uh, my friend Katie, uh, from Milwaukee famously did up her whole bike as a horse. And she was a, uh, like a, mm-hmm. I don't know. What are those fancy, fancy lads that ride horses with the funny, uh, you know, red blazer and the white pants and the whole bit. Um, she did that, mm-hmm. you know, she's, you know, that was pretty epic. I think she's at yeah. Trek, Trek bicycles that's, now. It's a lot of commitment. Yeah, it was, it was commitment. I know Tim doesn't have that level of commitment. He has that level of thought process, but not that level of execution. But I'm thinking uh, you jogged something, uh, that I think could be a good costume for Tim. Um, if he yeah. shows up on a group ride on his titanium boots, he could just wear like a set of scrubs and maybe a little mask oh. and just go full full dentist yeah. on it. You know, <laughs> like you have this suit idea. on underneath like a smock. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Maybe the little, uh, the beaded metal chain that clips on the little bib. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Very good. <laughs> that would be really good. That's really good. Um, he should do that. And if not, 
There's enough tire bikes out there. Someone's got to go as a dentist for. Oh, uh, for sure, for, for sure. And then he could just he could go to you know Target or something to buy a bunch of dollar uh, toothbrushes and give them out to people on the side of the road <laughs> as they were riding along. That'd be pretty good. He's throwing little plastic toothbrushes and individually wrapped packages yeah. at people. And then. Well, that's good. I mean, dental hygiene is really important around Halloween. It is really important. Often neglected. We, I think, we don't talk about that enough on on this podcast. It's true. It's one thing we've really neglected. Uh, We, you know, we shouldn't make fun. Dentists are important. I've been to a dentist three times in the last couple (laughs) months. Uh, We, we kid because we love. Thanks for fixing our teeth. Do you think it would be fair or unfair? As the Apple expert, I need your opinion here. If Tim was on a okay. moots, on a group ride, in, dressed as a dentist, would it be fair mm-hmm. to throw apples at him? To keep him away? Uh, apples apples are pretty... That would hurt a lot, so no, I'm going to say it's not okay. fair. <laughs> They're pretty hard. I'm enough of an expert to tell you that that's going to hurt about a crab lot. crab apples? All right, crab okay. apples. That might be... Maybe a case, one or two, but not a handful. Sure. My God. Well, as as our listeners have surely uh, figured out by now, this is our, our Halloween special, which I don't know how you do that for a cycling podcast, but this one is dropping uh, probably on or about uh, the holidays. So what do, what do we got for like spooky stories in, 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 in current cycling news? Well, since it's the off season, uh, we have all the spooky doping of past coming Uh-oh. back, and uh, Brunil. So Brunil got his lifetime ban, and the doctor, the the postal doctor, got five years because he cooperated. And I don't know, a bunch of those guys. What well, didn't he get? Finally, got did he stuff. he get uh, his his ban reduced, and then now. Like it's time served kind of thing. So now he's free to uh, practice doctoring again. Yeah, it was reduced. I don't remember if he's free to start. I thought that's, I thought that's what again. I read, but I am. Uh, I, I this was a while okay. ago. So, but yeah, Brunil. I couldn't fully read those stories. It is. It is hard to care that much. I did. I did read a few blurbs. I wrote. I read uh, Brunil's response uh, to his lifetime ban, um, which was basically, mm-hmm. I accept. This ruling, um, you know, blah, 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 it is what it is. But everybody else was doing it, man. How come they all get to be in cycling still and I don't? Was basically yeah. the gist of it. Yeah, which I, I can kind of understand, but I don't know. I guess that's that's the cost of being top dog then. Right. You know? That's how I kind of feel about Lance. You know, it's like you were the... You you got to be top dog. That's the that was the trade. That was the deal with the devil. Yep. You got to be number one during the dirty the dirty the dirtiest of the dirty, and now you're out. You know, and and two and three. Yep. You know, uh, Jan just gets to have his life be a disaster, yep. and then uh, Beloki's hips don't work. I'm assuming, and you know everybody has a cost from their youthful discretions. I guess. Um, and Wiggins gets to write books uh, about how he loves Lance Armstrong, I um, guess. So he he's the you know. So. All right. Well, so yeah. Speaking of digging up graves, um, uh, Wiggins. I I didn't really read anything about this. I haven't heard anything about this yet. So you're gonna have to fill me in if if you even know uh, what's going on. But what? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he could be considered. Uh, in the graveyard of cyclists past as well. Um, but here he is not only punching through the, the soft earth and the, in the midnight, you know, moonlight, uh, but he's also dragging yeah. up uh, Lance Armstrong with him. What's the deal? I don't know. He had some points. I had the little excerpt thing I read was sort of like him talking about how, how much he liked Lance, before, you know, as he got into cycling sure. and, and how... It's sort of the same argument of like everyone was doing it. All the tour guys were crazy. Lance was just the craziest. But I don't know. I, Wiggins is consistently annoyed. Me. <laughs> and now that he's going to bat for Lance, it's just even more annoying to me. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I haven't paid that close. Okay. Well, because it does, it does feel like this, like we're in that weird time in the off season where yeah. the stories are pretty thin on the yeah. road side and they're, and, and this sort of crap comes out. Yeah. Everything's a new story. Um, Oh, everything's a new story right now. You know, it's like Fabio Aru gets new shoes or something. <laughs> It'll be, be the splashed headline on the cover or the front of all the cycling pages tomorrow. Or yeah, something. for sure. Um, so, I lost my train of thought, little guy. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I, ha- I had a whole thing, and I lost it, but okay, that's all right. Well, this, the, the, there was one nice thing I saw the other day, which was that, uh, of like old news being new news, which was that um, it's the, whatever, 10th anniversary of Sastre winning. Oh, it is? The tour. Um, or it was 2008. Nice. You know, 2008 was when he won, I think, so. So the, his hometown uh, renamed, I don't know, some sports facility, like the Carlos Sastra Sports Facility now, which is nice. Okay. Um, what uh, what and, level that, what level me... sports facility are we? Are we talking like National Soccer Stadium or are we talking like, uh, you know, Neighborhood Badminton <laughs> no, League? I, I think it's more of that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, I think he's from a smaller town. I don't know where he's from in Spain. Um, I think there's something there might be like a junior team involved somehow or something like sports facility. I don't know. I thought he was somehow involved with like a junior team. Maybe I'm okay. misremembering. But um, that got me thinking that that means it's so if it's the 10 year anniversary of him winning, which I hadn't really thought about, which also makes me feel. old. Yeah, that means it's the 10 year anniversary of when Lance saw Sastre won and like the total dick that he is thought. Well, if that guy can win, I can come back and that win. W- and basically open himself up to eventually get, you know, do his brief comeback and then have his big downfall because of that it was, comeback. Yeah, that was the start of the end, so, right? Um, couldn't, he couldn't. And we all knew it oh, at the time. yeah. That's the craziest thing is that he he was, was so, such an egomaniac that he thought he could come back. And I mean, I remember talking to you, I remember talking to Tim, I remember talking to tons of folks and it was just this sort of like, why is he coming back? Like he got away at that yeah. point with it. And we all knew it. And we all knew that if it got dragged up, it would be years later. It would be harder to prove. And the fact that he came back was just like, dude, you are going to, you're going to go down. And then he went down. Yeah. It was, um, he just, it was, he, uh, scene of the crime, man. They always return to the scene. Of he the couldn't crime. resist. No, that's true. That's a, that's a spooky tale for you right there. Like, the magnetism of it, like he couldn't, like he flew too close to the sun, you know, like the greed, the greed yeah. got him. Things, things went downhill quick. Yeah. Like, uh, like you were saying, like the deal with the devil got away clean. You were, you know, all you had to do was like bathe in your riches and you couldn't leave mm-hmm. well enough alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, put yourself back in the testing pool. There's new tests. There's like whatever. And yeah. just not a smart move. One of like, one of the first after making, you know, seven years worth of like calculated chess moves. Like you just yeah. flipped the board over and said, screw it. Like after a two year hiatus <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'd only heard that story once and I heard that Sastre wrote up to him at some point and asked for an apology, which I also thought was pretty awesome. Sastre. Yeah. Um, quietly. Uh, one of the greats for sure. I mean, yeah, quietly pretty brutal in that way. So speaking of the tour, we did get Segway Sam here. Uh, just let me, he just burst in the room and let me know that uh, <laughs> the new uh, 2019 all-new Tour de France route was revealed. Too much pomp and circumstance. Uh, stage full of mm-hmm. stars. Um, up there, all the five-time winners and uh, some other guy. Um, and... Uh, there's there's a few interesting things going on. It's very climby. They're they're going full Vuelta this year. Yeah, or full Bardet, full Pinot. They, uh, you think that's the that's angle, the French, the French angle? Yeah, I mean, it seems like every year they try to make it a little more French. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, you got to keep trying. I think right? I think they've they're mixing in a little bit of the old American style this year, this time around. Yeah, uh, this go round, yes. uh, they found. A mountaintop finish, as they do uh, there in France, but this one's on gravel, little guy. Yeah, it's going to be probably not that cool. I mean, probably nothing will happen, but um, 
could. Well, they're all they are going to have to have all their gravel bikes on top of the team cars to switch onto yeah. at the bottom of the climb. So that's going to be thinking, chaotic. That, yeah, that got me thinking earlier. Um, so kind of the standard in in road now has become everyone rides twenty fives. Yeah, you know, up from skinny, but with all these gravel stages and all these gravel bits of races going in, I'm assuming all the road bikes are going to be able to fit 28s or even 30s soon. You yes. Know? So maybe if everyone even runs 25s, all your new road bikes are going to be able to get 30s, even 32s. Like there's going to come a point where like, yeah, no, 20. 20- I'm surprised they still ride 25. Like anyone rides anything less than a 30 for Roubaix. That seems bonkers to me at this point. No, it is. With what people know about how tires work, the guys still run smaller for that. I would even think like, yeah, 30s or 32s for Roubaix. But I'll tell you, even uh, as, as formerly working for a sponsor of, of Cannondale, uh, the EF, uh, team, we sent them about 50, 50, uh, 25s and 28s. Um, yeah, a lot of teams, are running 28s um, just kind of not even when it's uh, a Roubaix, you know, race. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, 25 is, yeah, the bare minimum, the absolute bare minimum. Um, I don't, I don't know why any tire manufacturer even makes 23s at this point. I think they all go to Florida um, and it's not yeah. a knock on Tim. That is just literally uh, where they go. I don't know why people down there seem to love them still. That's Crits, that's man. their thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of bikes that can only fit. That's true. Twenty threes. There's a lot. Of, I mean, it's it's a weird world that we are in. That it was so arrow is everything, and it still is to some extent. But it was arrow, 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 and then at the same time as this arrow world was building, people started understanding that uh, a little bigger tire was actually better and faster and more comfortable. And this sort of collision of these two worlds, where now you've got this tire tire knowledge that doesn't jive with frames of like five right. years ago that are too tight right um, your Severello can only take a 23 in the back and you're screwed because the bike shop doesn't carry them anymore yeah. yeah yeah no that's that's tough but um no i would be i would be shocked if if folks weren't just riding 28s for the whole stage um or even bigger you know like I know a lot of the standard, like you're thought of as premium race tires, like the Corsa uh, from Vittoria, like is available in the 30, you know, like that is, Uh, that is a big bulbous plush ride. Yeah. Like I've got, I've got those uh, in 28s on my bike uh, right now and they're fantastic. Well, like at, was like at Perry Tours, you know, less than a month ago, there was tons of flats and everyone was complaining, but it just seemed like all the guys who were flatting all the time just showed up with 25s and pumped them up too much and weren't yeah. taking the course into consideration. I, I like I like, I like, like the gravel stuff, not just because of the novelty, but because it actually makes, um, it forces the race bikes and the equipment to be a little bit more in line with the like what people actually would want to ride anything i'm i'm all for like a full-on racing bike and the, the craziness but it, it's more interesting to me that it's a great fast racing bike and that you can also do a long full day ride and take it to a race and like ride and be comfortable you know as opposed mm-hmm. to like a, having a bike that you can just show up to a crit on but you can't ride down a gravel road because you'll like kill you or you'll puncture immediately is kind of boring and stupid. The future is here, little guy, and we need to just accept it. Um, yeah. I, I remember years ago at Opus, which in Minnesota, from the non-Minnesota people, was the world championships that occurred every Tuesday night in the spring. Yep. Most important race of the year uh, for about five weeks. But I remember showing up and I had 28s on and I remember somebody being like, holy cow, look at those tires. Because I had my yeah. my gator skin 28s that I'd had on like all through the spring as my my train, my train long mile training tires. And, and somebody just thinking that it was crazy that I was going to race yeah. on these gigantic monster tires and like how heavy they'd be because I was like... 28s on aluminum rims dude no way you're gonna get dropped on the opus climb <laughs> that's pretty good it was 
it was a funny it's a funny it's a funny thought now probably all those people are on 28s all the time so yeah well the gator skin might not be the supplest uh road race tire little guy but i I don't think you had many other choices at the time and maybe you were onto something i'll give you that it's not the supplest but (laughs) i will stand by the gator skin as a good middle of the like the you don't get a lot of flats it's pretty good in the wet even and it's not the supplest, but it's not like the worst. Like it is, I mean, it is what it is. Like if you want to ride a lot of miles and you could still show up to a race and do a race, mm-hmm. this is my in show plug for Gator Skins because <sighs> people sometimes trash them and I do still like them personally. Right. I actually have one on one of my bikes right I, now. So. I would be one of those people that tends to trash them, little guy. Uh, I apologize. Um, it's okay. I, my go-tos would be the uh, the Victoria courses or the Michelin, um, whatever the pro pro series oh, yeah. is now. The those pro, those are my favorites, I good. think. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of those when I had uh, racing clinchers and actually did crits. Those yeah. were those oh. were good. We were always that was like the unofficial LGR team tire. Yeah, even though we weren't sponsored by them, but it was what we bought because yep. they were great tires. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah, they're very... And they came in colors back in the day. So I always had the white ones. Yeah, so many colors. (laughs) I I was definitely that guy with the fucking white tires. Oh, yeah, man. I had the white tires and the blue and the yellow because I had the red and yellow road bike and then the yellow tires to go with it. Yep. You're right. Pure early 90s bliss right there. It was good. <laughs> it was all based off of one picture of Pontani from like 90, from 97 or 98 or something, you know, and it's that that informed my my tire choices for about the first five or six years of, of bike racing. I've always color coordinate the tires if possible. That's perfect. Or, and if not, change tires. <laughs> there's, if there's nothing else you need to have, have gleaned from that era is is that. So you did well. Yeah, and you, I never saw you in a do-rag, so I think you pulled the good parts <laughs> out from that and left uh, the drags behind. You know? Oh, I should start doing the do-rag thing. Now that would be spooky. Um, sp- speaking of big tires, this is my segue. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. A little bit of cross. There's a little bit of super prestige this weekend. A little Brico, maybe? Yeah. Did you get to watch any? No. This? I saw a little bit. I didn't see right, any. Wow. I am completely cross ignorant at this time. I, I'm forgetting what the Saturday race was, but Sweek won, I think. And then Vanderpool, of course, just destroyed at the Super Prestige. And then Voss uh, won solo in the Women's Super Prestige. She's been um, so good lately. She, she's been good. I didn't get to watch any of that. I got to watch some of the Vanderpool destruction. Okay. Um, he just he. I am starting to come around to what you guys and a lot of folks have been saying is that it's kind of boring how good he is as <laughs> stupid as that is i i don't i hate to trash on him for being 900 times better than the best cross racers in the world and being yeah superhuman but the races aren't quite as exciting though the battle for second through 10th was really good and and the cameras are getting better at jumping back and forth and showing you that battle that's good. I feel like the camera operator, like whoever's doing the editing and production of those things, is realized that like you got to show Vanderpool, but you've got to show that battle because that's what people want to see, and that's actually a really good battle right now. Yeah. Um, between Wout and uh and and, and Tune, but I was excited about you got a bunch a bunch of young guys in there like that Ellie, the guy who was like U twenty three world yeah, yeah. champion. Yeah, Ellie Easterbeat. Yeah, he got like fourth, okay. and then that Tom Pidcock guy, the British guy that yep. jumped off Fidea, who I kind of assumed wasn't going to be good, and they're just talking up because he speaks English, but it <laughs> turns out he's actually good because uh-huh. he's been rolling around in the top 10 and just barely not making like the top five, so that's good. So there was some... I'm, I'm excited because there's some good... Um, and then you got There's some uh, good, really young riders, like, and they're getting better, like week by week. And yeah. Cape Howe's still tenth, so there's still hope. <laughs> um, he is uh, he's on a slow downward spiral, uh, but he he can still pull it out when he needs to. Hey, I feel it, man. I'm I'm basically <laughs> when I show up when I show to show up to a local cross race, I am. Ex- I mean, I got ninth this weekend, so I'm I'm exactly Cape Howe. I'm I am like I'm like. 
I used to be up there a little little closer to the front, and I'm now I'm just a little bit slower at everything, <laughs> and I I totally feel him. So I'm I'm rooting for him, man. He can do it. Mid thirties. I got um, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the really the um, I mean, there's no reason to really go back. I mean, watch the battle for second through like tenth. There's a sweet crash in the last corner. Vander Vanderhaar, of course, takes everybody out. Oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> that's super weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. There's there's a lot of good new names in there, and hopefully it'll rain at some point in Belgium soon. And, that's um, that's been a big good. thing there. Is that it's been so dry? Um, I actually saw Katie Compton posting pictures on the internet about that. Like on her training ride, they're over there obviously for their European campaign or whatever. But um, she was like, yeah. "Yeah, this pond I I train around." is usually full and it's like down a couple feet right now. And like all the big ruts that I ride through, like they're all just sandy and they fall apart. Like the ruts don't hold like they used to. And the the ground is weird right now. And the racing is weird right now. So yeah, it's interesting. Super fast looking. That is weird. I wonder if that's hard for riders like Katie and uh, like the Euro based riders, like always Euro based riders is probably it's weird, but like there's stuff's all there. And if you're an American going over there, maybe usually you bring five sets of mud wheels and mm-hmm. two sets of file treads, right? And now you get over there and it's like dusty dry and you're like, all I need is file treads. Yeah. You flat one of those, you know? Yeah. It's trouble. Um that's that's a that's a weird that's a weird thing. Yeah, hopefully it gets muddy because I want to see some muddy muddy cross races. Yeah. Well, um, one way we can help, uh, you know, do some fundraising for, uh, for some muddy weather over in Europe is, uh, to head over to the pretty map, little guy. Oh, so we're going to talk about Bling Matthews first though. Cause I think this weekend. Slow ride podcast. Matthew Brasho, uh, think of Saxon. I'm Lauren Stevens, and I'm here at the World Championships Road Race. This is Lynn from Podium Insight. It's Rassan Bahadi. I'm Alex Dowser, and normally I'm racing for Movie Star. Here I'm racing for Team GB. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Uh, who are we riding for? Are we going to ride for any muddy, delicious... Uh, muddy waters, little guy. Liquids. Muddy waters. Yes. Oh, the classic one on 24th and Lindale? Well, there's probably one in every city, uh, Muddy Waters Cafe, but you don't need to leave the house to go there to get your fix. You can just head over to GrimperBrothers.com and pick up the full Schleck blend of coffee. It is the wide-angle podium supporting blend. Um, I just got a bag in the mail two days ago um oh, full nice. of my two bags of uh of full schleck that i ordered up off uh, off their website um and i've been enjoying it the last couple days and it is fantastic i it's it's just really nice um i i went to their like i said i go to their website i buy it i don't get any special deal i paid full price for these bags of coffee because i want to support the other shows on the network as well um crossers radio bike shop cx you're supporting all of these shows and ours um, when you buy this coffee and it really helps us out and you get to, uh, you know, put the, put the podcast earbuds in your ears, get on the trainer, maybe, uh, you know, enjoy your hot cup of Joe as you sort of enter the day. And, um, you know, we want to be there with you. We want to help you experience that, you know? Yeah. And if you want, so you brew that nice cup of Joe up at home. And then if you want to get a circa 2000 Muddy Waters Minneapolis experience, but while you taste the future of cycling at that time, Mm -hmm. you get uh, like a Pac-Man emulator. You could probably download one off the internet on your phone. Absolutely. And then you play play Pac-Man on your phone and you drink your full Schlett coffee. And you're like, man, I wonder what 2003, 2004 is going to be like. Yeah. It's going to be full of Schlecks. That's what it's going to be like. That was definitely the best part of that coffee shop was they they had the sit-down glass tabletop uh, Miss Pac-Man, like the two-player version. 
so it's good. Great. I put a lot of quarters into that machine. I gotta yeah. say, yeah. With all that the with all the quarters I put into that machine, I could have bought uh, several bags of uh, full Schleck uh, light roast coffee from Grimper Brothers. Head over to wideanglepodium.com. Click on the Grimper Brothers uh, logo we've got there. It'll take you right there. Uh, very simple and easy to do. Easy way to support all the shows on the network and uh, and get something for you know for yourself. A little kickback. Um, also speaking of the network, I know we have mentioned it before, but it bears mentioning again, Crosshairs Television, um, Psychocross Television on youtube.com slash CX Hairs. Um, that is Bill over at, uh, Crosshairs Radio. That's his new visual medium that he's doing. He's covering all the C1 races throughout the U.S., um, doing these like, 10 to 15 minute recaps of uh, how the race went down. All the important parts has some narration to it. And it, they're very good. If you have not watched them, uh, they are excellent at uh, kind of breaking down the strategies and stuff in the races. I have not got a chance yet. I have to admit, but I, I, I plan on it there. I liked his videos in the past. Yeah. He's always does a great job of, of especially all those American races. You can't really, see and that's that's just it is is like we had this time in america where all the races tried to live stream and they all figured out that for the price that it made sense to be able to do it the product was not good enough and if they wanted to do a good what it deserved uh production it was not financially feasible um so we had this little spike in live streams and then it all went away. And, you know, now Bill has made it his mission to put on these, these videos of, of all the C1s and he's throwing out little mini highlights of the C2s when he can, um, which is awesome. It's, it's the greatest thing going on the internet right now. And, uh, we're super psyched to have them, uh, have that show as part of the wide angle podium network as well. So you can, you know, if you go donate, uh, you can support our show. You can support that one. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it, it's really great. It's We're growing uh, as a network and as a family of shows and, and products, uh, you know, output, media output. And it's, it's just really cool. I'm, I'm psyched on what he's doing, and it's cool to be able to support it. Indeed. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I guess the last bit of info I want to throw out here during this pre lap is to remind everybody that we do have a wide angle podium app, uh, for your iOS or Android phones, uh, available in the Google app store, the iPhone app store. Um, just search wide angle podium. Uh, you'll get all the podcasts there. You get notifications if you want, uh, when the new ones are out, get all our glorious cover artwork and all this, it's a very cool app. I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, and I don't know. It's just another app for your phone. It's free. You know, like, what are you going to do? You guys love apps. You know, you do. Yeah. You kids. It's kids in their apps. It's, it's I mean, it's no Snapchat. I'll give you that, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I've never seen Snapchat. I don't even know what it looks like, but I bet, I bet the white angle podium app's better. Having never seen Snapchat. And with that, let's get back to the show. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Okay, little guy, um, we're here solo. Well, not solo. We're ho- we're here duo. Um, duo. We're missing the third leg of this uh, slow ride podcast stool, um, and yeah, we are. That's why we're leaning against the wall this week. Yeah, we are precariously balancing here, trying to get through a whole episode without Tim. Uh, I think it's going okay. Um, <laughs> you know, that always makes it sound like you're like it's it's going okay. Wipe sweat from brow. Yeah. It's going fine. It's, Scratch it's, his top of head. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't want anyone else to uh, to have to bail on this podcast suddenly uh, without warning. Um, much like Derek Bouchard Hall 
dropped a <laughs> bomb on us earlier this week and uh, announced that he is leaving his position as CEO of USA Cycling at the end of the year. Little guy, where were yep. you when the news hit? I'm sure you uh, remember. I think I was at work. Little guy, this is this is <laughs> a moment. An elevator. Yeah, okay. This is a moment that you need to remember exactly where you were. Um, you know, I was going to change the course of cycling time and this is a moment and, and bike racing future and past. It is. It is. And I, I'm not uh, being completely facetious when I say that. I think Derek Richard Hall was uh, he was a very good move for USA Cycling. He pushed in a lot of good directions, um, yeah, put I a agree. lot of cool uh, stuff on the table. He was trying to upgrade like the parts that needed upgrading, like the IT infrastructure and things like that, that had just been, you know, band-aided together for too long. Um, yeah. He was always in an uphill battle. Uh, I I yeah. do not envy that position. Um, but I think he did a overly a good job, over, overall a good job. Um, there are a few things that were, there were stumbles for sure. Um, I, I'm not going to let him totally off scot-free, but, uh, you know, I think overall uh, he would get passing marks. I think he did a good job. I think he pushed the sport in the right direction and uh, and we should be appreciative of the work that he did. I was surprised though that uh, to read that he was leaving. Uh, yeah, I was too. I guess I mean, in a way, uh, it's kind of a thankless job, you know. You get a lot of crap. You get a lot job. of crap. You get a lot of crap. He did. But, uh, he did yeah. uh, sell at least one USA Cycling license that I know of. Um, me personally, sold one to uh, Super Rookie at uh, the Grand Fondo New York uh, when they were yep. both there at the same time. It was the first. USA cycling license that Derek Bouchard Hall ever sold. And I believe the only, uh, <laughs> not normally the CEO's job, um, to sell the licenses, uh, to bike racers, but, uh, Tim got him to do it. So, uh, that's back in the back catalog somewhere, uh, in our episodes. Um, a good one. We had a good interview with them back in the day as well. Um, I was impressed with him then. Um, I thought, uh, I thought we would have him back on the show, uh, before he, uh, resigned but um and maybe we still can we'll see yeah it's a possibility yeah so he's going to asos yeah that um, came out a couple of days later interesting i'm a i kind of forgotten about asos so i assume they're gonna try to steal some of that rafa thunder uh probably i mean so yeah, the Rafa has that uh, has that Walmart uh, financial backing behind them now. Um, yeah. So ASOS needed to make a big power move, and uh, I guess getting Derek Richard Hall, uh, former CEO of Wiggle, um, would be their their counter uh, move. You know, not not a small move. Do you think? No. Do you think he can move the needle for ASOS? I have no idea. I, haven't, <laughs> I just is anybody. I so ASOS had a big um they were everywhere. They were in the magazines. We oh, saw yeah. people in ASOS stuff. You'd see a guy in ASOS and you'd be like, dentist. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And and you'd like look out and and at the coffee shop and you'd be like, either tie bike or a call nago, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was just gonna say fly <laughs> with an ASOS kit. Yeah. Full ASOS kit. But that was also an ASOS so I what I'm not knowing where ASOS is anymore is because ASOS had the two ad campaigns for a long time. They mm -hmm. had topless girl holding her breasts. Yeah. And then they had um, like putting on bibs or something. And then they had ASOS guy who was, there was like one guy in all their ads. Yep. He's 45 year old dude who's always, you know, he's just cruising around a lake in Switzerland or something. Yep. Um, full ASOS, call Nago, I'm assuming, full campy tie. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Does ASOS guys still exist? I know they dropped the the uh, the sexy babe putting on, yeah. putting on bibs thing after people finally started complaining about that. Um, 
I don't know where Asa's guy is. I imagine he's on his boat still working on the tan uh, because he was like perfectly tanned, uh, hair greased back, good sunglasses, very, very expensive sunglasses. Um, Always shirtless, no matter what he was selling. Somehow he was always shirtless, even if it was a jersey. Um, (laughs) Asa's guy was amazing. Um, Yeah. But. The thing that I will rem- that that I think is notable about ASOS, I almost I'm not trying to memorialize them. I also just um, said uh, that I'll always remember them for, but they they <laughs> they still exist. They still exist. Um, is that ASOS is probably the only place in the world if you're a cyclist that you can go and buy a pure white jersey, white bibs, white yeah. booties, white arm warmers, and a white like skull cap. And then go riding yep. in a white jacket to wear over all of it when you get high enough in the mountains. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And it would only cost you like, I don't know, $900 for that whole getup? Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you could get it all in yellow. And you could get it all in blue. <laughs> and and that was all in yeah. red. Not like blue, like blue, blue. Like true blue. Like the bluest blue that there is like, and you know, not this muted, like Rafa, like earth tones, gray and no. red and whatever. Like we're talking yellow, like school bus, yellow, like see you 20 miles away, yellow, but somehow it's not fluorescent. It was incredible. Yeah. And you, yeah, you can't they- mix and match those colors. You had to buy the whole toe to tip outfit. Yeah. Unless you wanted to look like a, primary color wheel <laughs> um do so uh this is just a callback for you and me and tim <laughs> but so there was uh the guy you remember him rode he was in cat threes i think when we were cat fours we called him the most stylish man in cycling oh yeah uh locally in minnesota because i'm i don't know if it was asos or not but he would wear it was mostly an all-white kit mm-hmm. no no just like a nothing on it just he showed up I'm gonna let's assume it's Asos. He'd show up in that all white look, and he rode a crawl. He rode this like sweet crawl steel road bike. Mm-hmm. We, we all totally liked, and we didn't know who this guy was because he was elusive. He was like the one guy not on a team. Yep. And he'd just show up in his all white kit, and he was basically Asos man for Minnesota. And we, I don't think we were all too afraid to ever speak to him. He's probably just a regular nice guy who just who lost all his other kits or something. But um, (laughs) (laughs) he was ASOS man from Minnesota. Man, in 2005, we really, we thought ASOS man was the pinnacle of what you could achieve in cycling, being this sort of elusive, quiet, unattached rider. It's like you, yeah, it's like a a ghost that you see in the mountains. Like if if you climbed high enough on the right day and the mist and the fog was just right, ASOS man would appear. You know, like, I think every city has that, like, that mysterious figure. You know, obviously, Tucson had the the gray wolf for a while. And, uh, you know, we had the most stylish man in cycling. And I'm sure all the other local uh, scenes around the country, this would be a good thing to to tweet at us about or to post in our uh, official um, Slow Ride fan cast uh, page on the Facebook. Um, If you have... A local legend. We want to know who it is. Um, that that could be good because this this ties into our spooky theme for this episode of like, yeah. you know, man of mystery. Where is he? What's he doing? What's he up to? And I will tell you, little guy, he had that crawl. Uh, that was a cross bike. We had seen yep. him at the cross races. Still wearing all white. Not the world champion, but still wearing all white like he was. Yeah, that's sweet. His road bike, I, I kid you not, Colnago. Was it? Yep. Absolutely. Oh, man. All right. I believe it. I believe it. Absolutely. I'm sure right now at this point in episode, Tim listening to this episode now a day later is pulling up 2005 cross results that he has stored away on some secret hard drive in his, in his bunker of Minnesota cross results that he like data mines every day for information for some reason. And he's picking out that guy's name. So by next episode, I'm assuming Tim will be doing the backstory on this and we'll have a full 
it's, full report on who this is. It's going to be like Bigfoot. It's going to be like I swear, I swear it was there in the results yesterday, and now it's gone. Like it's yeah. There's no answer to this mystery. Um, but um, I got I got one other thing here on the on the list, little guy, that uh, we want to talk about um, before we wrap this thing up, and that is uh, the fact that we are. We are, like we mentioned, in kind of the slow news season here for road uh, road cycling. But it's, things are starting to ramp up a little bit. Things are, you know, teams are starting to gel. We've got all the signings more or less announced. Most of the Aqua Blue guys have managed to find some teams. There's definitely a few stragglers out there. Uh, hopefully they can get it sorted. Um, but teams are starting to do what is maybe my favorite part of uh, of a world tour team which is their team bonding kind of camps preseason yeah this is the classic maybe brought to notoriety by bjarni reese along with all kinds of other notoriety he has um where he would run the csc team through like basically army boot camp uh it was kind of what they made it look like it was probably more like a um mud run or uh or something similar um tough mudder kind of event um but doing you know kind of a ropes course and going parachuting and you know doing all these uh survival skills uh to really make his team uh trust each other and um you know whatever but we're moving into that season and we're starting to see some stuff pop up on the radar uh little guy what have you seen what do you got for me on this front Oh, I've only seen the uh, UAE team got together, which actually let at least that stupid article let me know a few new riders had joined the team that I didn't realize. I was surprised that UAE didn't just, um, you know, maybe send some of their riders to Yemen to fight in the war that they're funding there, <laughs> but instead they decided to like, you know, drive around the desert and do other things as opposed to do that with their money like they usually do. So, um. I don't know, you know. I don't think anyone. I've seen any other ones yet. UAE's uh. on the hot tip, man. They're quick. They're out in the desert. They're playing in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> they're riding. They're riding fat bikes out there. Are they? What are they doing? No, they were just literally sitting in the sand on some rugs, huh. and then they were up in a skyscraper, and then they were riding their bikes. No, that's yeah, good. On a very lonely looking road. It didn't look like they were doing any real team bonding. Okay. Um. Like, but maybe they were just bonding. Sure, they were bonding over their fear of heights because they were in a very tall skyscraper. Maybe they, maybe what wasn't photoed was like the conference room where they're doing trust fall exercises and stuff like that. You know, um, yeah, you know, maybe they did like a, a secret uh, Santa, like a well white elephant uh, gift exchange or something. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, everybody got got a rue. <laughs> things to boost his confidence <laughs> and make him feel make him feel special again amazing fabio really uh, you know they picked you again dan martin got you too this is incredible <laughs> yeah they made they made sure that dan martin got a gift for for fabio aru because aru was really really nervous yeah. that dan dan martin was gonna get more things than him well that's a very rare that's a legitimate fear little guy um yeah he should be he should be afraid Oh, yeah. Hopefully you can build that confidence up. Hopefully you got enough uh, good trinkets and gifts that uh, he'll be ready to go for the Giro uh, when it comes around before we know it. Or maybe the biggest yeah. tour of the year, um, the Great Cadell uh, Road Race in Australia. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, uh, no, I haven't seen any other ones yet. I was thinking that... Um, we talked about this a little in the podcast green room. If we had world tour teams, we were thinking about oh, what yeah. we would make our teams do. Sure. And I'm, I'm going to say, because my team, like I said before, is sponsored by go Westie. Uh, we drive around in Vanigans. All the support vehicles are Vanigans. Mm-hmm. Obviously the winter time is the perfect time, uh, to do a little maintenance, to mm-hmm. get in there, work on some things, get your riders, uh, comfortable with doing roadside repairs. Right. Yep. You know, because the last thing you want is a Giro stage to get ruined because a Roo can't get under there and change, um, you know. The fuel filter's clogged up and, yeah. Yeah, you, you got to get in there. You know, you got to know where that fuel filter is. That thing can go at any time. 
you want to recognize the buzzing is an indication that it's about to go. Um, rockers, <laughs> you know, all these things. There's a lot of things you could do. Uh, torn CV boots, it's a good time to deal with those. Right, sure. Now in the off season. Is, and, uh, you're going to want them to also be familiar with the parts van and what parts are available on the parts van because not all yep. the parts are going to be there on the parts van because you've used some of them. That's true. You got to keep an inventory and that's that's important to make sure your domestiques keep that Excel sheet. Yeah. You know. Up to date. Updated. Sure. Yeah, because... You don't want to get. You don't want to think. Oh, I'm going to roll off to the tour tomorrow, and oh no, I don't have any. I don't have any more bits and bops and boops. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's uh that sounds pretty uh like a pretty interesting camp, little guy. Guys are really going to get their hands dirty. Um, get some real. Oh, they're definitely experience. going to get their hands dirty. And it's not really a camp as much as um, <laughs> it's the side. It's basically just sort of like a little patch of dirt on the side side of Route Five. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, um, and it's, the camp is kind of, it's open-ended, so it could last 25 minutes and it could be two or three days, depending upon how well the guys do. And that's where they're really going to build trust and teamwork is if they want to get out of there and maybe get back to their off season and like seeing their families ever again, uh, they're going to have to work together to get this thing working again. Yeah. To pull that transmission. can't leave it out there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can't leave it out there. And I mean, if the cops come by and tag it, we're going to be in trouble because we don't have insurance on it. So they've got to get out there quick <laughs> and get it off the side of the road. Uh-huh. Okay. If this this could get bad. No, that's true. Um, okay. So that's what my team's doing. All right. Well, What's your team doing? I, well, see, now I was um, famously our, our teams, you know, you had the Go Westy Vanagon team and I had the um, uh, team sponsored by Oscar Meyer Wieners. Um so, you know, um, not much I could do with that little guy. I was thinking for team building, you know, we'd probably end up uh, maybe going to the uh, to the Oscar Mayer um, factory and actually seeing how the sausage was made, as it were. Um, which that's gonna scare the crap out of your team. <laughs> that's gonna make them so thankful to be cyclists. Yeah, they're gonna be like, oh my god, I was n- I was only gonna do a five hour ride today. <laughs> And not do my last hour of intervals, but I'm going to go and do my intervals because holy hell, yeah. I ever have to go and get a normal job in a factory like this hellhole. Oh, I saw things today. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be part of it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's also for the goodwill of the sponsors. You know, we want to we wanna show some face around there, um, you know, and yeah. just, uh, you know, shake some hands and stuff. But um, definitely wash hands afterwards. And if you've got a rider, uh, Jan Ulrich-esque, who likes to maybe pack on a few hot dogs in the off-season, mm-hmm. this is going to scare him to a nice diet in the off-season. Oh, yeah. On nothing but fruits and veggies uh, and, and grains and, and no meat. So the chances of your rider showing up overweight for the season are going to go way down after you show them the horror show that is Absolutely. the Oscar Mayer factor. Absolutely. And that's part of it. And and the other part is, is that... You know, they're going to give us obviously coolers and coolers full of these uh, hot dogs to give away during the tour and all these races um, for our, for our Six kitchen. Six month old hot dogs to <laughs> give away at the tour. Well, they would be, they would be for the team to consume, but all of us are going to go vegetarian after that. So we're just going to toss them out to the crowd as the bus rolls by. Uh, so, yep. you know, a little, little nothing treat weird for the kids. About that. Yeah, nothing nothing yep. weird at all. I think it'll be good. Um, I think the uh, the Dutch corner at the tour would appreciate uh, more hot dogs for the grill. Uh, you can't have too many, uh, so that's that's one of the one of the directions I would go. Um, but uh, you know, for a for a non hot dog based team, um, you know, I was thinking about if if you if you were you know director sportif, if you got just dropped into the role. Uh, this time of year of a of an actual world tour team, you know, sponsored by uh, some Swiss French bank uh, that you know had too much money and obviously just you know supported cycling as sort of a uh, a way to uh, launder their funds, uh, maybe the extra yep. cash that they had um, in these tax free havens. Um, you know, what would you do? How would you build the teamwork? Um, and you know, I don't know. Was Bjarni Reese onto something? Do you think this actually works? Probably a little bit. Okay, like better than like a book club, you know, better than um, <laughs> a, book, 
A book club, I think, is a nice idea because you got to flex those mental muscles too, man. It's true. You're gonna get you're gonna get stale. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think I think the Bjarni thing was good too because it seemed like it was everybody. It wasn't just the writers, right? You know, it was all the support staff. And that's I think that's a good plan because otherwise, it it is a weird division of labor where some people just you ride your bikes and people hand you stuff all day. And it's it's probably good to stay a little humble, but that's right. not how the normal world works right. for most of the time. And it's a weird place. Not that they don't have hard jobs, and I'm not saying like, oh, you bunch of babies and stuff, but like it's a strange it's a strange existence, it seems. Yeah, to have an entire support system built around you for six or eight months out of the year. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that's uh, actually brings up a good point. Maybe I would um Maybe my world tour training camp would be a lot of like, it would basically be like a a glorified home ec for these guys. Like, okay, guys, here's how we go to the grocery store. Here's how we, here's how we buy things. Um, here's how we cook dinner. That's not just like pasta and sauce from the jar. Like, um, you guys, I know you're all young twenties and don't have any skills, but, uh, yeah. you know, maybe some life lessons could be really more valuable than anything. Maybe a real world situation. Maybe I rent a house with nine different bedrooms and put them all in there. And, uh, oh, who gets there first? Yeah. And one person has to cook like dinner every night for the rest of the folks. Like, oh, that could, that could really show you who the team leaders were, who the road captains uh-huh. were going to be, uh, and who, who maybe, you know, isn't going to get the call up, uh, for a lot of these bigger races. Yeah, I like that. The road captains barking out orders in the kitchen, mm-hmm. making everybody pull their weight. You make the rice. But I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to add the salt at the end. No, you're not the final lead out, man. You're the domestic <laughs> for the early miles. Make the rice. <laughs> make the rice. Yeah, we could be onto yeah, something that, there. Yeah, that, that that sprint train, they, they they just get out all the condiments and uh get the table set and really really set the table at the end and then Kristoff mm-hmm. brings in the the food on a platter and takes all the glory. <laughs> D- dishes out a big portion to himself and doesn't give any yeah. to anyone else. <laughs> and then it says, "You're welcome, everybody." <laughs> oh, and also, really, thank you to the team. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> thanks to all the guys that made the food. I they're washing dishes right now. Yeah. But I'm sure they'll be out eventually. <laughs> all right. Well. Look, guy, we had a lot of fun here today, um, but uh, I think we've uh, we've come to the end of our our slow ride episode, Halloween spooktacular. Yes, <laughs> that thing is not gonna not get me. Like every time, I'm thoroughly spooked. I don't know what that is that you have. It's called a magic mic. It's a child's toy. <laughs> magic mic. It's maybe something a little different. Yes, it's different than the movie starring <laughs> Chan Chatham Tatum or whatever his name is and his his pecs. <laughs> okay. Well with that, little guy, um do you wanna uh do you wanna do any thank yous for this show? I'd like to thank BK one Rhyme Sayers Records for the intro and outro music. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the, album, the, name of the album, Radio De Cannibal. Uh, Radio De Cannibal. Yes, it's very good. Um, we also need to thank the Wide Angle Podium Network and the family of shows there, Crosshairs Radio, Bike Show, uh, CX, Consummate Athlete, uh, all the other great shows. Go check them out, uh, wideanglepodium.com. Uh, Grimper Brothers, coffee, delicious. Yes. Get your, get your Grimper on uh, at, uh, you know, get your full schleck going. Um, it is, it is getting chilly, but you can still go full schleck uh, with the wide angle podium blend of beans. And um, yeah, with that, uh, I've been Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. I've been Matt in a graveyard in Minneapolis. And we'd like to remind you to always wave to all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road.
Even the skeleton. Even skeleton Wiggins. Remember when the Skeletor Wiggins in 2009 or something when he first got forth on the tour and he was frighteningly skinny. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.